Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defects Podcast. My name is Winter, I'm a comedian, and this is my show. Those that are new to the show, welcome. Those that are old to the show, thanks for coming back, guys. This is episode 97, and I hope this one finds you well. Between two bank holiday weekends, we've had one, now we've got another one coming up. Isn't that great? And I hope this finds you full of positivity, motivation, and just like hope for what's coming on in the next few months. We've left winter behind and now we're moving into spring, fully in spring now, and soon it's going to be summer. We get a bit of motivation and uh, sort of like, you know, something spurs us on, that bit of extra light. We're like chickens, that that bit of extra light gives us a bit of hope. I I mean, I don't know if chickens have hope. I I, I hope they, I just, I look, I just, I wish they do. I wish that they do. I wish for any chickens that are out there listening, I hope you have some bit of joy in your life free range or not i hope you've got something to look forward to no matter what it is you got something to kind of keep you going <laughs> i don't know where this is going but look that is uh, that so when we get the extra light you know it just inspires us to do things i think that's why people have so many big windows in their houses you know the light comes in they're like oh i can see the world out there what i'm gonna do today so look spring is happening this is episode 97 with a very funny comedian i gig with him many times around the country He's brilliant. He does a show around all the festivals called Duorama. He does that with Philip Simon, who's also been on this podcast previous episodes. So this is with a very funny comedian this episode. The very funny Aaron Levine. Enjoy. Hey, Winter. How you doing? I'm good, man. Yourself? How are you getting on? Yeah, all right. Can't complain. That's good. So um, I've been looking you up online and it's Aaron Charles Levine. Yeah, that's my real middle name, which was <laughs> given to me by my dad in case uh, there was anti-Semitism. He thought Charles was British and I could just be Charles, but I'd still be Charles Levine. And that eventually formed itself into the joke where I say my parents called me Aaron Moses Abraham Levine. That's right. Which, that... yeah, you, know, you wouldn't call your kid that if you thought it was going to be another Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, so right. Sort of, sort of morphed. But yeah, yeah, Charles is my middle name. Well, welcome to the show. This is we've started. We're recording. What's going on? What have you been up to? Uh, what have I been up to? I am doing a few online gigs, mostly with Kyle, uh, GMB, and I'm doing lots of courses and trying to manage my weight. And in my first year of marriage. Wow. So it's a lot to be getting on with, man. Especially in lockdown. I guess you can focus on the relationship a fair bit with the you know the downtime. I got married in June in 2019. I'm sorry, July. (laughs) Please edit that. Um, (laughs) July. July 2nd. No, wait, it wasn't July 2nd. That's wrong as well. July 14th. July 2nd's my missus' birthday. I'm already in trouble. (laughs) Mate, I know the stress of trying to remember it makes you forget it totally, doesn't it? It's like, oh God, pressure. Even though she's not there, she's there with you. She might be listening. She's not. No, she's downstairs. Great. Yes. I I got married and um, quick honeymoon. Off and then yeah, and then her mum died in March oh. of COVID, like really early, and and then we couldn't get back. And she lives in America, so she, she's American. My missus, well, not anymore. She got a British passport about a month ago. Now she can divorce me. No, <laughs> uh, so she's not had a chance to to grieve and all that. So yeah. I've been living with a grieving wife yeah. um for the last 10 months um, that's difficult for everyone isn't it i mean poor she can't get back to see her mom that's that's uh, uh, you know put it clo- closure on the situation that's tough yeah it's, mm. it's tricky but she's she's doing really well uh and you know given 
situation and it seems like we really like each other still so that's good mate that's a bonus uh, isn't it i mean you get married you find out what you don't like about the other person really it generally yeah. happens but well, see my gag in the in my in my online set at the moment yeah. is that you know it, lockdowns accelerated the the marriage process i'm getting divorced in two weeks i feel like it it has like made it more intense i, I hope it mm. hasn't you know, accelerated what was a finite relationship, but it feels really good at the moment, so I'm pleased. Well, that's good, man. That's good. You know, yeah. you're just trying to salvage something from the wreckage that is the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, well, these online gigs, man, how, you're, you're enjoying them? Basically, all Kyle, Kyle gigs. Um, and I do about one a month to a month, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, they're not paid, but he makes everyone turn on their cameras. So you've got 20 or 30 people, sort of, uh, you can see them and they mm. laugh. And it's yes, yeah, it's, it's good. Same same sort of buzz, and I get to try out loads of rubbish because everyone knows me. Great. Um, so I try out different personas, different material. For a while, we did a couple of Jewarama gigs, me and Philip Simon, uh, where we did our Jewarama Jewish comedy mixed bill thing online, but it didn't really work that well. The first oh. one went okay, dropped off for the second one, normal normal malarkey. Yeah, it's just it's tricky, man. I'm trying to write a kids book, a couple of kids books actually, one picture book and one for sort of ten to twelve year olds. Cool. Yeah, it's a lot. What, what are you up to? Recording loads of podcasts, mate. I've done uh, a, I've done a lot of podcasts. <laughs> There's lots yeah. of people who are doing podcasts. I've uh, I've just posted one on Facebook, which I did the other day mm. for uh, some, but a different context. She she's doing a friend of my wife's uh, doing a thing called Record of Change, where they interview different people from different walks of life to see how COVID has affected them, and then they interview them again three months later to see what's changed. Yeah, and it's all. I couldn't believe like when they asked me because I went to their website and it was all like doctors and people saving children and people working for charities and wow. uh, just like oh, also I was like yeah and I got the Nobel Prize Prize and all this in their bio and I'm like what do you want me for <laughs> it doesn't I mean, make any sense not not one fucking knob gag in between them like you know no. what I mean it's like come on guys get Dude, it together write <laughs> write a dick joke just for God's sake the world needs more dick jokes you know yeah for, do it for the orphans that you're yeah, looking after yeah look <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, you were the hero that they needed <laughs> exactly exactly I've just been doing like, a bit of acting and some voice acting as well and and just sort of like just yeah voice acting man i've joined a couple of american voice acting teacher agency thing Mm. also nancy cartwright's doing masterclass uh that you know there's like that online masterclass website you can pay like 160 quid and and you've got access to like steve martin teaching you comedy yeah same the same thing but um nancy cartwright teaching you voice work i've done um an evil villain for a cartoon but they right. never got the money to get it animated i recorded my bits for it as i was like the evil villain you know nice. <laughs> i'll get you next time and all Great. all that malarkey uh but yeah never got what money. was the name it was, your... fun, it was fun to do what was the name of your character i cannot remember baron oh. something a couple, <laughs> Great. couple of years ago yeah that's it it's fun though isn't it it's like i can do it from your home as well yeah mm. this was pre-covid uh, uh so now on a and I guess you do you have to get special equipment? Do you get have you got uh, like soundproof or do you just do it surrounded by a mattress or something? I have got like a special thing that I've kind of I made myself and um I will send you the link if you like. it's a really simple thing to make. Um it's just like a little sound box and you can't like just you just speak into it. I'm using it right now actually. Um oh, nice. and it's yeah, it sounds uh, pretty good. Yeah. It's, re- it's it's really it's char- it's it's like it's absolutely night and day when it comes to the sound. I mean I was like, Yeah, it's fine because I got some um some corporate stuff it's during last year and I was like okay right great I've got the audition I've nailed the um, the, the first take of it I said okay right now we want you to do it for real and I sent it to them and 
they were like, oh, it's a bit echoey. And I was like, shit. Because I had all the things that I needed to make this box, but I never fucking got around to making it, you know? You know, I was like, so many other things happening. It's like, okay, right, fuck, okay, right. So I sent them that first take and like, oh, well, it's a bit echoey. So I was like, right, I'm making the box right fucking now. I mean, you know, so got the fucking, it's really, it takes you five minutes to make this thing. And honestly, it's, I will send you the link to, to how they make, it costs you like 20 quid because all this stuff, the um, the mechanics of all the, the, the these voice boxes that they you see advertised online that, you know, people stand in you got like a velcro thing you don't need all that shit you know it's just it's just but they're like 700 800 quid you know for the the fucking the whole thing you know wow. like and like so you got a little place for your uh your little place for your um your ipad in there whatever it is to connect you don't need all that shit you just need it like a fucking ikea it's a, i think it's a durma box or something whatever it is like that um, but i'll send you the whole thing right and you just get some acoustic foam and you just put it all in there and it's fucking so easy to make and like it makes it such a difference to your sound Okay, maybe I'll get my brother to make it. I'm not very good at DIY. Last time I did, a, I've got a flat that I own that I rent out, and hmm. um, I, I repainted the bathroom in oil paints. Oh, uh, right. And um, chucked <laughs> them down the drain. I didn't know you're not supposed to do that with the leftover paint. Right. Pour it down the drain. Blocked oh. up, you know, a couple of thousand pounds worth of uh, pipes. Oh, from, needed pulling out, and then, and then I tried to change the lock, and that was I couldn't get it all lined up. Like ruined the door frame. Right. No, I'm not, I'm not doing DIY. I just like anything that involves precision. No, yeah, not. and a box I should imagine, even flat pack furniture, the 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 <laughs> drawers will come off wonky. I can't do it, so I'll, I'll find someone to do it for me. Yeah. No, mate, I swear, like honestly, this is like literally, it's like you put foam in a box, and that is more or less it. You just cut them. It's okay, right? I think maybe like you know, from what you just told me there, like, I, I'm, I mean, like, I'll, I don't want to try and uh, tell, you know, I don't want you to lose a finger for like Winter said it was easy. I mean, like I've, you know, I've only got one hand, now. I've got a hook. <laughs> this is great. That's what I've been doing, mate. I've just been trying to like just trying to kind of fo- focus on something else you know because because I'm, I'm yeah. you know yourself I haven't I've did a few online gigs and I really that one you're doing sounds like a, a really kind of decent open mic night that you go to and like at least you've got 20 comedians there kind of like having to sort of be engaged rather than uh like because they're on camera rather than actually uh sit there yeah. and they've got their notes with them so they can relax and not focus it put it all in their heads if you know what I mean because exactly. it yeah because I'd like, I've got ADD already, so it's like <laughs> uh, the, the spaciness. I've always had I've, in the last few years. I've, I've got a whiteboard downstairs in the kitchen, and Correct. I use that even just for daily tasks, really. Yeah. Uh, and and some long-term tasks as well. But yeah, yeah it just keeps me fight. Like it's, if it's on the list, I tend to do it. Yeah. Uh, I had a gag about that in, yeah. in my set, a new one about the missus taking advantage of that because I do it on autopilot, don't I? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's why she's got a new dress and. <laughs> a new dildo <laughs> that sort of thing yeah. yeah the weird things keep arriving on Amazon weird, Prime yes, you know yes, like, exactly. oh what, why yeah. I, I don't remember buying this what, what? this is this doesn't help me with my my, my, my new show uh, well, well exactly. we should try it mate maybe maybe it'll add something to it give the energy you know that's it it'll, it'll keep you uh, keep you perky yeah yeah and when did you start comedy then man 2014 right I started I became I got degrees in acting and television production. Oh, right. Where'd you get that from? Well, well, the acting degree was from New York, Pace University, and television production, Ravensbourne College in in Kent, which uh, I got when I was 19 and I'm 46. Hmm. Uh, So it was pre-digital. Well, more or less, we were just starting to go digital. So all my skills are null and void. So I (laughs) I can edit, but with a razor blade and tape. I can use a three machine beater as well, but no one knows what that is. Even wow, anymore. I know what that is because I didn't. Want, you know, you're the, you're the second person I've spoken to who has nearly the, has nearly got the same degree as I've got. Uh, I have got um, BA in 
digital video, I just got under the wire. I Indiana Jones that hat, that that digital hat from underneath that uh, closing door. Um, yeah, so that was um, yeah. So did well, you even like? Well, they had yeah, a pneumatic, and they yeah. and they had they did have a non-linear a non-linear offline editing system, but it was Lightworks, which was the wrong one. If they yeah. taught me Avid, I might have been in a business. But you know, anyway, it's just the way it is, that's isn't it? it? That's it's, it, it's, man. it's all it's all Adobe now, anyway. <laughs> and, I, and then then I taught myself Final Cut, which is now null and void as well, more or less. Oh man! But, so uh, yeah. what is next uh, then? What's after Final Cut now? What is it? Adobe. Is it Adobe I, on the way now? Sure. Yeah, it's all it's all the old Adobe stuff. That's right. what they're all using. But anyway, yeah. The point is, I got I got my um, acting degree, and I didn't like. I came. I actually graduated top of my class, but oh. I'm not a very good actor. So all the other actors are rubbish. I'm I'm kind of hammy, yeah. and I don't like feeling emotions, which is what you got to do when you're an actor. <laughs> yeah, connect. It's it's fundamental. Yeah, I I don't like all the all the emotional roller coaster stuff that you have to go through for yeah. Chekhov and all that bollocks. But what I did like was playing Caliban in The Tempest. And what I liked was getting laughs, and that that sent me down the comedy path. Um, I was just like, I just want to make people laugh. One of my best mates is a guy called Josh Howey. So when I moved back to the UK, I went to see him, and I was like, dude, you know, how do you even start becoming Mm. a stand-up? And he was like, well, do a course. He said, your life story is mental enough that you'll have enough material. You've just got to figure out how to do it, because... You know, life story, uh, got no balls, uh, everyone died of cancer, I had cancer, mm. the whole thing, you know, the, the raised uh, ab fab, you know, a bit sort of linked with Josh. <laughs> and so he's a dude, he headlines at the comedy store, has in the past, and he knows what he's talking about. But he didn't tell me what course to do because he was just so too far above all the courses and stuff to know yeah. what courses were worth doing. He, so I just found one online and it ended up being Kate Smurthwaite. She's terrifying. <laughs> um, which worked for me uh, mm. because she you don't want to I don't know if you know this about Kate but she's like three generations above her are all I think headmistresses right. on the maternal side and you definitely get that vibe from her she makes you do homework I'm very bad procrastinator she, and, like... and, she taught me, and she taught me the basics she taught me Know how to hold a microphone about status about mm. not punching you know not punching down yeah callbacks where yeah. you know all the stuff you need to know that you did you know you can learn by talking to people but it was all just neatly packaged is she a bit like sarah connor like there's does she have like on the now just read this quote there's no fate but what you make like this she feels like that's the kind of like headmistress kind of like powerful woman vibe that's what i'm getting she wasn't doing pull-ups uh when when you went to the no, room there was, like that. it wasn't it wasn't too it's not too much like that right uh with kate i mean she's she does have a sense of humor i quite Fine. I quite like kate yeah. is that course still running i don't know it's at um city academy i think right. it might be she might still be teaching it i don't mm. know uh, it was for a few years. I met quite a few comedians on there. Davina Bentley went on it. Mm-hmm. I met her. I did two lots of the did the advanced one as well. I met Davina on that and a couple of other guys who uh no longer in comedy, but there's like one guy I do like short comedy films for. I act. I act in his little his film sometimes. Mm. And he's he's doing quite well. He ended up editing um he's the special effects editor in all the Kingsman movies oh, wow. and a couple of Mission Impossibles and yada yada another guy who started a pig wash which is just yeah it's, it's funny it's a good Facebook thing you know okay when did you actually do your first gig then well that would have been the showcase so that was in the March 2014 
showcase for that course, which was in the comedy pub, which oh, yeah. is next door down down next to the comedy store. So you know you're like right, you're right, you're in the pub next door, you know, in the in the basement. Great. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. And obviously, you know, it went brilliantly because your first gig always goes brilliantly. Yeah. My second gig was at Pear Shaped. Oh god. Where things went pear shaped, <laughs> as you can imagine. So uh, and then then it became Pear Shaped was my favourite place to go because it was like. I'm going to die anyway there. So, yeah. like, if I can possibly not die, because I think Russell Hicks yeah. was on that day, and he was the only one who didn't die, but that's because he's Russell Hicks. Yeah. And I was like, well, there's a way of doing it. If you can get a laugh at Pear Shaped, I think you can get yeah. a laugh anywhere. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's dead. But I do like Brian and Crystal. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's an interesting gig, that one, all right? Yeah, I did it a couple of times, yeah, yeah for sure. It's uh, it's um, it's certainly... um, it's it, You have to go to it to see what it's like, because you can't explain it, really. It's just so... It's so. It's fundamental, it, and it doesn't oh. exist anymore, unfortunately. But when it did, it was, it was vital to meeting certain people. You met John Sharp there and yeah. oh, Dangerous yeah. T... Yeah. And you met all the characters, and you learn, you've learned what to do and what not to do, yeah, sort of that's thing. Right. That's right. So it's just like it, those sort of gigs ground you in the comedy open mic culture, and that's necessary for you. It's it's a family in a way. Yeah, that's yeah. necessary to keep you going. Go there, you meet them. Hello, you know, that's yeah. it. Joke around a bit, run away. Yeah. Well. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah. So like uh, you've been going since. Are you, are, you, are you married, Winter? Yeah. So I got married about in two thousand and I think sixteen when I I was like right okay, okay I need to go at comedy fucking go for it and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and she, my wife was like yeah do it go for it. I mean I was like are you mad you know you you want how how do you want to eat how do you want to pay for the wedding? Uh, so I was like, yeah. okay so we got married and uh, yeah my, I I, lo- I love being married I know it's kind of sad, a cliche but you know I'm I'm a better person I'm I'm more sort of in touch with. It does change you I don't things. know why. It's just a piece of paper, isn't it? But yeah. it's somehow it like makes you a bit more complete or something. I don't know what the hell it is. I know it's it's such a it's such a, it's really it's, it sounds so like hammy like and just like you know kind of like oh, yeah gosh. this makes me more complete. Oh my god, what was the thing oh, for? God, but yeah, you know what, it's right? It, it's I guess in a way you're just not living for yourself anymore. You've got someone else to kind of like pull you out of the the maybe a a, a mind loop that you possibly could potentially go on and de- yeah, down into true. depression basically like, it's a bit like a trapeze artist isn't it really you know it's like you got to trust the other person and hopefully they can get you to the other side of whatever it is mental uh, situation you've got you know by just holding your hand uh, yep. but like so like yeah I mean yeah it's been good man I've just been uh, and my wife's into all like crystals and all this kind of stuff and holistic healing and I guess you know she um, you know she kind of grounds me mate in many different ways and uh, and when I'm kind of like being a bit mental she goes go, look, just go and have a nap for fuck's sake just go and have a nap alright you just yes, fucking nice. I love it. I love it when the wife tells me to have a nap it's good hey, that's <laughs> it I had the same that actually happened today and I was like oh I've got lots to do today I'm just doing all this shit I'm like fucking yeah I've got to go for a run now it's like you, you, look how tired you are do you need to go for a run yeah you can't even go for a run. You won't even enjoy. No, but I'll ju- no. You don't understand. I've got to do it. I've got to do an Ironman tomorrow. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I talking about? It's like you know, COVID. You know, it was just like frustrated and just annoyed at everything. But uh, yeah, I, th- I recommend it, mate. I fucking recommend it. You know, you um, you are. So I mean, there you are. You're in, mate. You're in. You're fucking there, mate. First year. First year's yeah. great. Getting everything together. What's your like at your house? Like, I've never been to your house. Is it? Is it like? Do you live in like a Spartan sort of vibe, or is it like corners of of things pa- piled up? Somewhere in between, it's fairly chaotic. <laughs> oh, nice! It's fairly chaotic, but yeah. it's it's sort of spacious and modern at the same time. Oh, but, nice! And every now and then we'll do a room, and yeah. that room will be nice for about a month, <laughs> and yeah. it will go, and it will go to part again. So yeah, it's all right. I've had to learn to uh, to tidy and stuff. So. Right. 
You like you like as a, you get home from a gig or something. You just like strewn clothes from the door to like wherever whatever room you're gonna oh, just nah. just find myself not wearing much, and I'm I don't remember how I got myself into that situation. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, honey, where's my t-shirt? I don't know. You're just always naked. <laughs> yeah, it's my cave. I'm allowed to be naked here. This is what it is. This is yeah, what I am. I just chill out, man. So how many shows you done then, Aaron? Festival shows and stuff, you know. Uh, Edinburgh's. I mean, I, yeah, Edinburgh's. If I like. suppose. I mean, I've been going to Edinburgh every year. I went every year apart from one, so five, maybe four or five. Yeah. I mean, with my own show, I've not done it yet. I've done well. I have, but there've been mixed bills. I've taken up mixed bills. Hmm. I've not, and I've done a two hundred with IDs in Brighton. So yeah, I don't know if you're including Brighton as well as Ed. Yeah, you That's go for it. Not the, all festivals. Like, I mean, if you've written well, a new Lester, show for it. Yeah, I mean, if you at Durama, we've done it a few festivals. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, so maybe twelve or thirteen, if you, if you want to. Twelve shows. You've written. You've, you've, have you written two twelve separate shows, or is it just oh like? Oh God, no, 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 no. These are all like cheating. They're all, <laughs> <mixed> <laughs> <Nice>. bills, they're <laughs> all mixed. They're either mixed bills that I've put on, like with different themes. So like Jurama's one, which is Jewish, different Jewish comedians. Relatively normal is another one I've done where mm. comedians come and talk about how they're all insane and this is cheaper than therapy because their families made them crazy hence relatively normal right. and yeah and then I did split bills with Philip Simon Andy Zapp Cy Deves a couple of different people yeah so yeah and like different, uh, over different times I yeah. think are you still doing the relatively Gilf, normal Gilf, Gilf and the Boojoo I did with um, oh yeah <laughs> Andy Zapp relatively normal no that's gone but Durama I do with Philip Simon and that's right. successful and We've got a really good location for that in in the Fringe, where if it ever happens again, and the pub like us. I can't remember the name of the bloody place. It's in it's uh it's right on the Royal Mile in Southbridge, on the corner. On the corner. And um, it's so good. It's in the afternoon, mixed bill, and we get repeat customers each year. That's great. So, man. yeah, they like their Durama's got a name now, so people seem to like it. It's a great, just like you know, you come take your best stuff up and have fun with it, isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I've got. I've, I've been working on other shows, but I'm, I'm like I said, I'm a procrastinator. I've got a show about my life called mm. Birthright, which is you know I inherited money, but I also inherited neurosis and cancer. Yeah. So yeah. it's sort of about that. You know, so. Well, you can't have the good without the bad, can you? This is it, man. Yeah. You know, what pretty... would you What would you rather have? You know, enough money to be comfortable and live on and do comedy without. As I've said in a few other podcasts, um, I'm I'm lucky in that. I don't need comedy to make a living. I've got some money that I inherited that I put mm. into property and into stocks and shares, and mm. I, I'm doing okay with it. You know, and I've, I feel bad for all the comedians, and their livelihood's just gone like that. You know. Yeah. What was I talking about? I've thrown myself. You would like? Would you? You asked a question. I was like, would you rather have, you know, all the money? And, yeah, or and no balls. Would you rather have, you know, and no balls and probability of dying of cancer by your fifty? Yeah. Yeah. By the time you're fifty, <laughs> or would you rather have no money and, you know, it's that, it's that that was the question. That was the idea mm. behind it. But it's hard to make funny, and I'm not very comfortable talking about it. No, clearly. fair, man. No, no. Yeah. No, like, I mean, no, thanks for sharing that, mate. I just, yeah. I mean, in fairness, right. <clears throat> the other side of having the money to pursue comedy is just really another thing to destroy yourself with, isn't it, really? Because comedy doesn't really love you back so much. I'm not good enough to to be making a living from it. I, I'm sort of semi-professional, and I'm aware of that. I can see guys that are better than me. You've got to be so good to make a living at it. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I do 20s. I do pay 20s, but... You know, four hundred pound in a month would be a really good month, and that would not be a living. Four hundred pound a month. Mm. No, as in like, as in like, you know, it's like it's the the mental uh, the mental kind of like gymnastics you constantly have to do to stay 
buoyant with comedy anyway. It's just, you know, the, oh, the, the, I don't know. No? Uh, no, I think I'm quite weird in mm. that because I don't need the money. And I, yeah. I think this is maybe why I haven't progressed apart from the fact that I'm not that good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm solid, I would say. Mm. Although I still believe I can get better, maybe that's the maybe that's the mental gymnastics you need. You need to pretend that you can think you can get better of course. all the time. That's what you need to, and maybe that's an act of disbelief, or or maybe you can get better. I don't know, but I, I you know, I did a lot of. Jeff called me Mr. Mirth, so yeah. you know, Mirth control. And if I can do, <laughs> I was doing fifteen thousand miles a year driving for Jeff, yeah. pretty much. I was cool. doing three, four week to some some weeks you know yep. just driving to different parts of the country unpaid for a 10 minute spot i'd never had to get myself up for it. i loved it i loved being in a car with uh, matt price or whoever yep. you know dave Tosanos or yeah. cogsy had a couple of car rides at cogsy i like it car ride with cogsy man that's so good mm. um, incognito for yeah. people who don't know it's just like you go there and, and then eventually you started giving me um Hosting roles. I can't remember what it's called. MC. MC. Compare. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, compare. Yeah, I haven't done it in so long. I've forgotten what the job <laughs> title is. Uh, that took three years of unpaid gigs, you know. And yeah. like, and if that has not dispirited me, I don't think anything will, because it's dispirited most other people. Most yeah. people do six months with mirth and give up. That's it. Um, That's it. You got to you got to really put in those t- the, uh, those hours towards Plymouth. Get it down to those Plymouth gigs. Three oh, and a half man. hours down there. I've done. Yeah. I did one with uh, was it Simon King once uh, in the Annabelles. You know, you do yeah, three yeah. and a half hours down there. Drove down there, did the gig, got back. They don't. In your they car. don't. They don't even give you breakfast for Annabelles. Mate, we didn't B&B. even stop for the break. We didn't even stop didn't for the you? day. No, we went straight home. We went straight home for that one, mate. I was like, so that's like a seven. Was it seven hour? Yeah, seven hours round trip, mate. Oh, mate, that was a long time. I took I took Simon I took Simon King down to that same gig. It's yeah. the stripper bar, right? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same gig because he does that half hour at the end, and yeah. then you do you do all the quiz in the middle and all That's that. That's right. Yeah, I've done the same one Mm-mm. a couple of times, uh, but we did stay overnight, I think. Yeah, I, I, like I did the, the longest, the long. Okay, the, here we go. We're going to compare longest trip journeys in yeah. the car now. I did five hours to Nuki one night. Uh, Susan Murray, um, Connor Drum in the car, to, in the is it the Cribbin Bar in in Nuki? We drove down there five hours, five hours back, ten hour round trip, mate. Didn't no one died? I smashed it, mate. I think I've won won the. Uh, nice. <laughs> I, I I maybe yeah. I've I've done that. I've done um I've done Nuki though a couple of times, yeah. and I've done Sunderland round trip. Nice. There's a hotel with a conservatory, and mm. I've done. Uh, if I'd driven it, it would have been the longest one, but oh. I sort of did it as a whole part. I had one in Dumbarton for Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. <laughs> but I didn't drive it round trip. That would be crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, right. You've been on for gone a while now. Then it's, what six years or so? Now, what's the worst gig you've ever done? You don't worst have to give any names. Gig <laughs> I've ever done. In terms of the quality of the gig, or no, in terms just of how like, I'm looking for crazy stuff that's happened at gigs. Like I'm just look, looking for the out there shit. You're like what? What happened? Like how did that develop or devolve into this situation? Well, I suppose I wouldn't say it's the worst gig I've done because I actually quite enjoyed it. Perversely, there's a Mirth Control gig, Bournemouth. Oh, Jaegers. Cameo, the cameo. Yeah. The cameo nightclub. Cameo, sorry, uh, yeah. It's yeah, uh, but it's got a name. It's, I think it's called Jokers or something. Cameo nightclub, it's great. and that's all hens and and um, stags and stuff. Stags and stags yeah. and hens. Yeah, mm-hmm. I sometimes MC that and sometimes do the open spot. This particular occasion, I think I was the open spot. Yeah, because I would remember. No, Joe. 
was it Joe was the Joe Romero might have been the MC that night it's someone was on stage uh, the dude with six kids who's quite posh it was a military stag do nice. and they got on stage and nicked the microphone off of him Uh-oh. and um you know threatened to got him in an arm lock and all that malarkey Whoa. um yeah so that was crazy yeah um <laughs> And uh, hard to get back under control, but yeah. it did. By the time I went on, it was fine. I don't know. <laughs> wow, they'd already like yeah. already got someone in an arm lock. Yeah, and I think they burned. They'd, I think a couple of people were being chucked out, and it was right. calmed down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, mad gigs. I that's yeah, just there's loads of gigs where they're just like, yeah, you're not funny, all that. You get yelled at, that that mm. sort of thing. You're not, you know. What's your response, gentlemen? What do you do? What's your, what's your like, kill, you don't have to tell me the killer one. What, what, what do you, do you like take them on or just go, you know, or do you just like, I, absorb? I, I tend to absorb. I sometimes do a bad hack put down. Um, <laughs> what's what's like, the go you know, to? Go on. Yeah, that's what your mum said after I fucked her. <laughs> right, nice. Standard. Yeah, yeah you know, it's all it's just, yeah. Just, yeah. Or, or sometimes I'll play the sympathy role and I go, yeah, well, you've got, you've got your balls at least. That's <laughs> all. You didn't yeah. have to have cancer, mate. Yeah, yeah. you try being funny. <laughs> <laughs> was it like yeah, so? You, yeah. I mean, you've been finalist for a few competitions, mate. You've been like finalist for was it now the new act of the year in Bath? Uh, yeah, the, that was a mouth control gig. I, was, I think just Jeff felt guilty and he persuaded all the judges to get me through <laughs> to the final because I've done so many mouth gigs. Yeah, but I did. I came second to Cali in my heat. So, you know, it wasn't, it was quite competitive. You know, if you're coming second to Cali Beaton, that's not bad. Yeah, I, I didn't, I sort of finished in the middle of the pack in the final. And uh, Jewish Comedian of the Year, I've been in the final. And they've actually, they narrowed it down from about 40 people. So, wow. it's, you know, it's not Good. bad. So I've been to the top, I've been in the top three of that twice and knocked out once in an early round. Like, I asked you, like, your, when your first gig was, and do you, the, do you remember the exact date? March the. Again, wrong year. That was a new key gig. That was yeah. in March 2015. Nice. Uh, let's have a look. Is that the one? Is that the Cribbin Bar as well? Or was it a different gig? Don't know. I think it was some sort of steakhouse. Oh, yes. That's because the, they got like an upper floor to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it was an upper floor. I and was it, the MC for that. Uh, and I had, I'd, never, I'd never MC'd before. <laughs> and uh, Tosonos was in the car with me. And Martin moved to South Africa. And he's like a lanky dude. Yeah. Uh, I know who you mean. Yeah, and he was like, and they were all giving me notes on how to MC, and I basically learned how to MC in the car on the way down. I did really well, actually. Great. But Martin, the thing is, people always give you their advice. Mm. So, you know, of what they're like. So, Tosonos is like, be Canadian and dry and talk about <laughs> cats. And, um, you know, Martin was like, you've got to throw shapes. You've got to throw body shapes. That's only funny for him because yeah. he's lanky lang- lang- and looks funny when he throws body shapes, you know? Yeah. Chris Head downstairs. Oh, I did a Chris Head course as well. That's, that's yeah. mouth control. I might have done that with you. Did I do that with you years ago? Feasibly, yeah. Pear-shaped gig one. So I can tell you where my pear-shaped gig was. That was the 12th of March 2014. Right. So that would have been my first gig. Mm. uh, My first non-showcase gig. Right. And I suspect my showcase was... Okay, so here we go. 26th of February. Right, 26th of February. So if you want the official first date... That's great. Thank you for making research. I've I've now know. 26th of February, so it'll be... 2014. So is that seven years in in yeah. about a month? Jesus and... Christ! And I'm still not making a living out of it. I gave myself two years, and I'm a bit like uh, it's just three out of five. I can't stop. I haven't made it yet, but it doesn't matter. Seven years in, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm 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 the new dangerous team man. Yeah. I'm just gonna be doing open mics forever. Your first 
gig, what was your first joke you wrote? On Kate's course, she said, what's the most interesting thing about you? And I oh, said, yeah. well, I've got one fake ball. And she was like, well, that's your opening material then. So I suspect it was about the balls. It, it was probably the cork ball joke. That was mm. probably my first joke, which is a true story about when I was 19 and I had one of my balls removed. I got the other one out later. The surgeon said, <laughs> do, you want, do, do you want cork or plastic? And I thought cork would be bad because it fell in the both bathtub and if you want to drown yourself that's not how you want to be found yeah. so that was that was probably the first joke i wrote I great. Thought. great yeah and then <laughs> after about three gigs where all, all my first gigs people yelled uncle fester at me so then i had to write uncle fester material yeah so that would have been the, the cancer stuff and the fester stuff and it's still in there really which yeah. is bad but you know that's what it is okay so that was your first joke right the fester thing as well i mean i because my name's winter i've had for ages like i go on stage and go oh winter winter is coming and stuff you know and so oh, they, God. They, but they think they, they think it's your best joke isn't it like that you've ever gonna yeah. that, you know oh I've, I've just done his best joke that's it he's fucked now and so like yeah you had to d- disarm him with that straight away you th- i might look like uncle fester straight away right yeah otherwise someone, will, someone generally will yell it out yeah. i have to i have to um I don't do it straight away now. It's in, it's buried in the middle. Mm. But uh, it's, it's normally... It seems to be fine. It seems to be fine. I mean, I ask this question to a lot of people, right? I say, okay, well, uh, Sean Mio goes on stage, right? He's like, a, you know, acerbic, bitter, kind of angry comedian, yeah? When he goes on stage, he says that he sees himself as like a, a gun for hire going around the country, basically, you know, like an um, outlaw. Yeah. Uh, what, okay, with yourself, Aaron, what do you see yourself as? Um, I see myself as... Could be a job, it's not to be aggressive. No, I mean, I see myself as like a, a purveyor of Jewish culture, of oh, right. neurosis and self-deprecation and and that sort of thing, you know? Okay. Um, so I'm like, they, a lot of people have never met a Jew. You know, I've got so many people. Oh my God. Seriously, like I go even like even when we were doing Jurama at the Leicester Comedy Festival, there were like a bunch of people there, and they just came up. We didn't know who Jewish people were, but we heard you were funny, and we wanted to come and see what it was about. Like the number of people that come up to me after gigs and go, "You're the first Jewish person I've ever met or ever seen in real life." Sometimes they'll tell me anti-Semitic jokes just as a way of connecting with me. But <laughs> yes, it's great. The inside. Yeah, wow. yeah. Oh, that's funny. I'm the I'm the token Jew. The, the representative of of yeah this is look this is my life this is a different it's a different viewpoint i've i'm unique as a person right so mm. i hope go on there and i'm not i'm not confident i'm not high status and and i do my my sort of self-deprecating shtick that's okay. my thing and I, right. I hope to make people laugh and feel better about themselves because i'm such a I'm such an appalling way. So, right, at least I'm not him. That's my, that's what, that's what I want people to feel, I suppose. But also, well, I hadn't thought about it like that. Or that's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, just give them a new viewpoint. Okay. Express expressive viewpoint, right? You're Jewish. What yeah. is the, what is what is the difference between a Jewish person and a non-Jewish person? Uh, well, there just aren't very many of us. I mean. What's the difference? It's culturally, it's, there's a lot of similarities with a lot of things, mm. right? But, you know, I was raised what I eat, my sense yeah. of humour, the, the, the sort of... I've been raised by a 
typical not, I, my mum wasn't a typical Jewish mother by any sense of the imagination but she still wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer right it's that it's that immigrant yeah. thing there's only there's only I think 180,000 Jews in the country yeah that's less than 0.5% of the population there's more Sikhs than there are Jews and I used to have a joke about that I used to go and yet it feels like we're everywhere <laughs> this is this is yeah. a joke Alfie um <laughs> Alfie did this um stereotypes night where i played the fat jew obviously i wrote the stroke for that jews and muslims are everywhere because muslims are only four percent of the population so that's what i used to say mm. muslims are four percent of the population and jews are 0.5 percent of the population and yet it feels like they're everywhere that's because jews control the media and we're like the muslims are coming the muslims are coming no doesn't every like family really want their kid to be a doctor or or like a, a lawyer okay a lawyer is a big one isn't it is a lawyer a big another massive thing in in jewish like family lawyer thing. doctor yeah. lawyer accountant yeah. okay right accountant right right yeah. um like the thing is the, the only thing that's missing from there from the catholic side is like a priest <laughs> isn't it, really? there's a lot there's a lot of similarities between mm. um, catholicism and my, my wife's catholic yeah. more or less yeah uh, you know and i've heard it said that the only difference between Catholicism and, and Judaism is Judaism's guilt and Catholicism's fear. Yeah, right. But, um, I don't know if that's true or not. And like, you, and you could say to your wife, "Said, look, you took what you know from us. This is what because <laughs> <laughs> we're old, because we're Old Testament." Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, yeah, I would say you know, it, culturally, Judaism and, and Catholicism are quite similar, mm. especially in like you know, multiply as much as you can and and all that stuff. Mm. So you know, lots of big families and yeah. And, especially with the more religious types. You know what it comes with? That I don't think that many cultures... Like, it comes with Holocaust, basically. Mm, And not just Holocaust, but thousands and thousands and thousands of years of people trying to wipe us out over... You know, just Hitler was just like the latest one, a Mm. long line, which is what makes us neurotic. You know, why are we so fearful? Because people keep trying to kill us. (laughs) And that's what it comes with, that kind of inherent... But we're idiots because it's built into the Bible that we, we keep telling people we're the chosen people. Yeah, God chose mm. us. I mean, a lot of religions do that. But don't, you know, don't just say you're the chosen people and God hates everyone else. It's just going to annoy people. Yeah. So, <laughs> when you've done Jurama, have you had any like people turn up to deliberately destroy you? No, they've left in one of the first venues we did it in, uh, a couple of people scratched swastikas in the wood oh. in, our, in our performance bits. So we've had some of that, mm. but they don't do it. They do it behind your back. They don't come in and, uh, you know, make anti-Semitic comments. Yeah. Uh, they've done a few, you get a few things like last time I did Diorama, we had, and it, you know, it was a bucket show. They're just like, I want change, and typical Jew, that sort of thing, you know. Mm. <laughs> you know, when the, you can't keep the change, you Jew, that mm. sort of thing. You know, just for the money and all that stuff. You know, yeah, a few yeah. little comments, but never during the show, because... You're in a room probably full of Jews with a bunch of Jewish comedians, and I think you've got to be quite brave or an idiot to have a go. So <laughs> yeah, you're just basically connecting with the people that don't know about Jews and showing them who you are and what you what you you know they're not that scary. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just you know I'm just just a dude, right? Yeah. Not that scary. This yeah. is who I am. Just you, are you like Orthodox Jew or like are you like just like don't eat I'm bacon? Not, I'm not religious in the slightest, and right. I'm certainly not. I got, I, but I got raised. I went to a Jewish boarding school. Uh, I was supposed to be the religious one, and I rejected it all. And I became a Buddhist Jew, which I talk about. A Buddhist Jew is the antidote. You know, Judaism is all about the, a lot of it's neurotic and holding on to things and being a doctor. And you got to do this and you got to do that. And Buddhism's just like chill the fuck out and be nice to people. <laughs> and, yeah. 
it's sort of the antidote it makes you release you know there's an old joke the difference between a Jewish mother and a Rottweiler yeah. Rottweiler eventually lets go <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's all about letting go isn't it so yeah. you know so yeah no I'm more of a Buddhist than I am a Jew but even that's it's not a religion it's just a bit of practice isn't it a bit mm. of mindfulness yeah yeah a bit of meditation that's it mm. I don't I don't like religion generally but it's a USP <laughs> so you know fuck it you gotta go with what you got look what am I I'm fat I'm bald I've got no balls I'm Jewish <laughs> there aren't that many of us yeah. I was raised by Chinese Malaysian lesbian martial art expert nannies yeah. I've got <laughs> my mum was in the fashion PR business uh, I got, you know you gotta do what makes you unique you gotta do what makes you 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 know and tell people about it damn right because your mum didn't love you enough and give you enough reassurance to my mum never reaffirmed my identity to me as a child and said it was okay for me to be me so I have to get it from a bunch of strangers like all comedians that's true <laughs> fill that fill that void until it's fill like, you the know, void man yeah, yeah. fill the void get the buzz drive <laughs> 400 miles for 10 minutes of love from strangers because your mum didn't love you you know yeah. I'll do it <laughs> I've had 25 years of therapy and I'm still doing it oh mate or she loved the wrong part of you no don't love that part love this part you know that's it or the, the, the image of you that you could possibly potentially could be but I'm not going to be that so well okay well you're not going to be that so I no, do love you love, she didn't love any bit of me she, oh. she she dressed me she fed me she controlled what I ate yeah um, she I had no say in my life at all uh, as a child but yeah. that's just that's just my life isn't it uh, oh well that's it well yeah. comedy is uh, is the, the remedy <laughs> <laughs> for uh, yes, for uh, unloved children everywhere. Certainly, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah certainly something. Yeah. yeah. So, like, do you eat bacon? Yeah, sure, I love it. Good work. Nice one. That's fine. That's fine. I mean, I can edit this out. I can just, like, you know. I can... No, you can tell people. Look, <laughs> there's a book called. You know, there's a guy called. Uh, do you know? Do you know the um, film? The guy who made, wrote uh, Cavalier and Kay, Michael Chabon. And he wrote a thing about... Anyway, he wrote a book about Jews, because he's Jewish. Actually, Mason Cavalier and Clay uh, is a uh, Jewy as well. He wrote Wonder Boys. There we go. Right. <laughs> you know that film? With, no. Um, wow, oh, the Wonder... No, film. no. I know the Wonder, Wonder Years. I don't know the Wonder Boys. No, no. Wonder Boys, it's got uh, Michael Douglas and Robert Downey Jr. in it, and it's about writers. It's brilliant. I checked that anyway, out. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But he also wrote a book called the Yiddish... I'm very rambling now. He wrote a book called The Yiddish Policeman's Union, which imagined an alternate Israel. And it's a film noir murder mystery. So, briefly, it was proposed to the... Well, before Israel was formed, uh, it was proposed in the United... The League of Nations or the United Nations or whatever it was at the time mm. that Alaska be given to the Jews right. as like a safe place. So, Alaska could have been Israel basically wow. if if history had gone that way so like he imagined what that would have been like and set a film noir there and oh. it's just lines lines of jews lining up to eat crispy bacon <laughs> <laughs> it's the best place to find jews man we love jews love bacon more than anything because it's great. forbidden and tastes so good great that's yeah. it the best way it's like when you drink you know it's like when you when, before yeah. you were legal age to drink it's like that was the best drinks you ever had and then exactly. when you, that's it it's, it's yes the, but then you realize you were drinking diamond white and it wasn't so good for mm, yeah so so alaska would you would you want alaska that was a pretty pretty cold place to be in and pretty sparse no no it's, it's not great i think you um, locked out man i think you locked out I think so too. Well, on the other hand, we're surrounded by seven countries, all of us 
all of who want to destroy Israel. Yeah, so, yeah, but but think of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> think of the weather. That's true. That's true. I mean, what a good and it's day. Such, it's, I mean, do you know it's smaller? Do you know it's physically smaller than Wales? Oh right. What a lot of fuss is made about it, you know? Yeah. It's a tiny country. Jesus, mm. what a lot of fuss. Just piss a load of people off. It's like mm. a little thorn in someone's paw. It's a tiny country, man. In comedy, when is the moment that you kind of went, oh my God, I don't know where the rest of this comedy thing is going, but right now, it's like, the zenith of my comedy career right now it's here this is the moment that i feel that i have grown and metamorphosized into this comedian you know and the comedian that i nearly am want to be and i i feel like i am do you know uh chrysalis moment there we go i've got it summed up one moment like that i mean recently right before covid i was starting to get paid 20s and i was smashing them that's that's kind of where i was i felt like i got this now i know how to have a good gig fairly consistently no matter what the crowd is and i was being given these gigs by he doesn't like people talking about it so he he thinks people are going to nick his nick his idea so but basically i had regular low paid gigs 2020s and they do those gigs once a year and all over the country so they're kind of one yearly gigs great but he had 30 or 40 of them so you're doing fantastic you're doing like one a week great and and they tend to be in like converted uh, brewing halls or, yeah. or th- they're like in a theater in a in a, in a cinema that nice. sort of thing they're just like really nice locations good videos and and they've never had a gig there before and they're all really up for it great and they're just just brilliant gigs that's i love i love doing those man i love doing those gigs they're yeah. great and so you felt yeah. that's the, the moment like yeah man this is this is it's clicking now yeah that's it i'm just in the in the pocket yeah i mean that and um oh and top secret yeah, yeah, doing Top Secret, nice. like smashing it at Top Secret, just love it. You mm. can't beat like I was just like, oh yeah. Then they didn't invite me back. I don't know why, but smashed it. Mm. Got a good video from it. Great. Yeah, and it was like so hard to get in there, man. But yeah, like nice gigs like that. I just started doing things like Top Secret and the Comedia in Brighton and places like that. I love those gigs, man. That's they're just nice. They're just nice. You're in front of proper crowd, professional comedy. Yeah. It just feels right, man. Set feels up right. right. Set up right. Oh, the room. Yeah, set right. up right. Room right. I, got, I got so freaked out when I went to the Comedia because I had a dressing room to go into. I was like, what? The f- this yeah. doesn't make any sense. Well, why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> why are you being so nice to me? It's freaky. Why yeah. are you keeping me separate from the crowd? I didn't like it, actually. Yeah. What, what, what? Are there no chairs I need to organise? I mean, for fuck's sake. Yes, exactly. Why? Do you mean I don't need to buy a drink? <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, man. What have you been doing apart from like you getting married and like you know to to kind of like keep you focused on the comedy like you know to stop yourself getting lost in the doldrums? Driving Lynn Ruth Miller places that's fun, man. I've been doing. I just sorry, I just saw a photo of Lynn Ruth. I love Lynn Ruth. She's so great, much, man. She's great. She's yeah. She's 80, 85, Is it eighty five now? Eighty five. She's 80, She's around eighty five now. Yeah. And, uh, wow. I'll take her, you know, you take her into a service station and people recognise her from first dates. They're like, I love you from first dates. Uh, so cool. What am I on about? What did you ask me? I asked you, like, so how did you, how are you, how are you, like, um, stay, stay oh, I'm trying to write kids, I'm trying to write a couple of kids books. Right. What's it, could you I've mind got, talking about them or what's it about? Yeah, sure. i got, i got, so i got two, uh, they're just sort of very loose ideas at the moment. Typical mm. ADD. Look. Uh, I've got attention deficit disorder. So, you know, I was a mini cab driver for six months. I worked in a bookshop for a year. I worked in telesales for a year. I've, like, I've never sat still. The comedy is 
easily the thing I've managed to keep with the longest, and that's yeah. mo- mostly because it changes all the time, you know. Yeah. And who knows whether I'll actually have the stick with it enough to to finish a book or, or an Edinburgh show or anything like that. But at the moment, the picture book is about a sheep who uh, counting sheep, the world of counting sheep. Right. You know, when you go to sleep, you count sheep, right? Yeah. So it's a bit like Wreck-It Ralph. There's this whole universe. They just exist to put humans to sleep. And there's one particular sheep, sheep number five, yeah. <laughs> is purple and belches rainbows. Cool. And But wakes everyone up because, like, you can't... first sheep's white and fluffy. The second sheep's white and fluffy. Yeah. This sheep, why are you purple and belching rainbows? You're going to wake the kids up, man, who are trying to sleep. Yeah. So he just wants to fit in. And cool. that's going to be some sort of teach kids how to count picture book, but also accept people for who they are type thing. Nice. The other one for older kids, I'm not the sure what the hell that's about. Dark matter and well, not not uh, Philip Pullman, but mm. quantum physics and yeah. uh, there's a soul bunny who who uh, <laughs> there's a soul bunny who likes to eat the souls of humans because they're richer than animal souls because humans want to know what the point of living is and what the point of existence is and question everything right. and the very act of humans being alive is pain and that makes their souls much richer to consume oh wow and the soul bunny knows the answer and the to life the universe and everything and it isn't 42 and that's yeah. kind of how it starts oh, so okay. <laughs> gotta go from interesting there. all right yeah. oh, cool so the soul bunny is uh it, it's it, it likes to eat human human souls and then human it knows souls so yeah. like the, so humans are, are constantly chasing this soul bunny um, trying to uh, do the humans know that the soul bunny is the uh, is is knows the answer, or do they just uh, are they just like are they just prey? Humans are just praying. I, they're just prey at the moment, but who knows? It's just wow. very early doors. Interesting. There, so. Great. It's just a. It's just a. I don't think the soul bunny is going to be the main character either. I think right. there's going to be other stuff going on, but I just like it's a starting point. Who knows if he'll come to anything? Cool. They're like very early. Both things are very early doors. I'm doing courses, yeah. and let's just say I'm in week two of both of them. Great. In fact. In fact, my course for the Soul Bunny one starts in about an hour, so oh, an hour and a half. What's your so, uh, what's what other courses you do? What course are you doing there? So it's a writing course. Uh, yeah, these are these are these are like proper. So I'm doing a bunch of cool, like master classes with just videos you watch. Yeah. Uh, and then David Williams has got like a BBC Maestro bunch of videos you can watch where he talks about how he writes his books, and he cool. genuinely does write his books, as far as I can tell. I can't find any evidence that his books are ghostwritten anywhere. Yeah. But th- this is like a proper. It's city lit. So it's like an yeah. online, it's me and 12 to 15 grannies, essentially, <laughs> um, who want to write books for their kids. Great. Essentially, there's a, I've got a funny screenshot of me just sitting surrounded by 15 grannies in Zoom. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but yeah, and, a, and a, um, a slightly flamboyant, gentle gay man who speaks as you would expect a children's book author to speak. Brilliant. What you do is you just write and you don't stop you let your unconscious go no it's really good i'm really i'm actually really enjoying the course it's an online zoom class it's not just watching a video so there's an interactive element and you have to workshop and go into breakout rooms and yada yada cool. i'm really enjoying it and it keeps me busy that's and great doing my homework and that sort of thing you've put durama to to the side for for now and you're doing what's the other one you're doing now yeah it really only works as a live show so that's kyle uh you know gmb gigs yeah he's so got doing... some of the 
and I do various other gigs for Kyle as well. Sometimes he's got some mysterious gig that he doesn't want. He doesn't want to. He's not allowed to talk about. So he says, "I've got a, yeah. I've got a mystery gig in February that I'm doing. Mm. I don't know what that is. Like okay. early Feb. We'll, we'll right. see what that is. But that's so, my that's my next gig, I think. So next one is February, yeah. So another Zoom, yeah. Zoom, Zoom stuff. At least you're keeping like it'll sharp. Be, it'll be Zoomy, yeah. So they're sort of like once or twice a month, basically. That's great. Yeah. Did you ever do any acting classes or anything? I or? did an acting class with Sylvia Young. Uh, was it? Oh wow! About about like two years ago, all the comedy kind of built into that because it all kind of came up together, confidence-wise, and a whole lot and p- performing. And the, the improv did the improv level one and two with Monkey Toast, which is no longer with us anymore, and that went under. So I was like, I wanted to do up to level five, but uh, I might when it starts up again, you know, when everything kind of like thaws, I might go back and do my up to level five because I really enjoyed it, man. It was like, oh, it was so fun. And it, I kind of enjoy improv, but they don't like fat people. Oh. They're really fattest. And I say that just because all the bloody warm-ups are so hard. I, like, pulled my back out doing the first Ooh. one. I did, I did, like, just run out. I did one, uh, what was it, um, Barry from, um, oh, I like those gigs as well, and The Angel, the Camden Comedy. Barry Friends. Barry, yeah, Barry Friends' gigs are great. But he, he was running um, for Second City, I think it was. Mm. Is it Second City? Yeah. yeah. Second City uh, Improv in London. Yeah. I did Second City, pulled my back out, and then I went and did another Geordie good, Ben... Geordie Jewish hmm. Ben Vanderbilt. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah he ran some improv things and uh, yeah just too much running around for a fat person. Although I've got I've lost some weight now maybe I'll be okay at improv. Yeah, so, I'm I'm joking there by the way, but not very well. Um, <laughs> there's a, it just make you run around a lot, man. Yeah. And also, do you find it do you find it useful? Does it inform your stand up or do you find it's a completely separate thing? I found that like for my emceeing comparing it was just night and day man absolutely yeah. like just like if I'd have done that uh, f- f- like a year into starting stand up in 2011 it would have been I would have just been I was so much further on because I, I, was, I was terrified of going on stage I was terrified and I just had a load of energy and that all went into sort of like either uh, it going well or to anger you know it was like oh, yeah. it was either going to I was either going well or was getting angry <laughs> you know that was my default I was like oh why are you not laughing I'm getting angrier you know it was like the Hulk uh, you know yeah. some uh, comedians do that uh, mm. Josh does that I um, I get depressed mm. and go into my shell yeah uh, yeah if I'd had that improv skill just to you know, just change my perspective on it, it would have been oh god, it would have been brilliant. I wouldn't have, I would have had no fear because I mean, for the ones one time I realised that it worked for me was when I did a gig again for Mirth in the in Bristol UEA is it UEA. Yeah, yeah. Uh, University of Western University of Western England, I think. Yeah, that's the one. And it was like a, it was a, we went on early and that the, was a good gig. I've got to tell you that gig in Bristol. That was another. That was opening for. Someone Lee, Jewish, another Jew. He, you know the guy he went up and um, pranked the prime minister and all that. Oh, Lee Nelson. Lee Nelson. There we go. I opened for him, but like I kind of went on. I was the driver, an emergency mm. mercy control driver. Yeah. And it was the freshers' year, freshers' yeah. week, and they hide out an exhibition hall, and it was like three thousand people. Yeah. And it's still, it was like my second year in comedy, Brilliant. and to this day, it's still the biggest gig I've done in terms of numbers. Awesome. Um, that was amazing. And people, people asking me afterwards, students like coming up to me, do you really have no balls and all that? It was really <laughs> with with uh, Faye Tracy. That was that was a fun gig, man. And okay. uh, Ola, Ola, the comedian. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're you're in Bristol, and no, I interrupted yeah. you. No, yeah. No, it no, it was great. It was yeah. just saying they they started yeah, yeah. the gig. They started the gig early. You know, we did all opening act, the the break, and then the three middle uh, acts as well. And then we had another break, and I was like, the headliner wasn't still there because because I was like, oh, 
because the guy said, do you want to start now? I was like, yeah, sure. Is that what you do normally? He said, yeah, fine. And of course, the headliner <laughs> was an hour away. So I was like, fuck, oh, I need to Jesus. keep these people warm. So I had to just MC my little heart out after I'd done level one improv. And I was like, oh my God, I'm actually doing this. I, I said, everyone's like, if you want a hand, I'll go back on again. I said, no, I'll just see what I can do. If I struggle, I'll, I'll tag me out, you know? Mm. So I did, I did like, I was like 45 minutes of just messing about with the audience, having fun. And after, to be fair, on the fourth minute, we're kind of going, why is this guy still on stage? <laughs> you know? But it worked. It really worked. Like, and I was like, oh, that's it. I've had, no problem, man. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were bro. Uh, when I saw you in um, in Christchurch at that Murph, that was another Murph kick. When I saw you MC at Christchurch, you were like full of confidence. And that was, yeah, yeah you it. could see you were fearless, man. It's great. Totally. You were just playing with them, being in the moment. It was yeah, nice. that's it, man. Yeah. That's, that's where the joy is, like, where the fun, you know. But uh, yeah, that's it, man. So, like, uh, I was just like, so yeah, you've got a lot of stuff in, your, in the tank to kind of keep going and kind of, you know, keep you motivated, mate. That's great. And uh, so, look, Aaron. Where can we find you? I've thought of loads of worse gigs now. I've thought oh. <laughs> of better, much better worse gig stories, but it's just the way it is, isn't it? Well, well go when for you... it. Well, if you want to throw one out at the last minute, okay, this, I need to take Well, this yeah, look, like um, another Murph Control gig, and um, we'd left. What? It was just one of those. It was up north somewhere. Yeah. It was up north. <laughs> it was. <laughs> yeah, there's two of them I can think of. This one was up north, and we'd left enough time because I'm obsessive about time, but there were. It burst. There was accidents on the motorway, terrible weather, and we got there two hours late. And it was in a hotel, and they'd been sitting there. They paid for dinner and comedy, you know, all their food. They'd basically been sitting there bored for an hour and a half. By the time they sat with their backs to us, oh no, as out of protest, and Thomas had to MC that and bring it round. That was that was really hard. And then Archie Maddox going up with him to Warwickshire to the Army Legion and. There was a guy in the crowd who was black and his name was Darky Marky and he just accepted it because oh that's just that like he was probably the only black person in 100 miles and oh he was well. just like, yeah, I'm Darky Marky, it doesn't bother me, that's what it is. And the dude who ran it was homophobic and racist. And oh just, it's just, you get used, it's just gigs, man, but you get to see different parts of the country, that's it's true. interesting, you know? Yeah. It is yeah. what it is. That's true, man. That's true. You know, it's uh, yeah. you know life rich tapestry, yeah. Okay, right. So look, um, you know, okay. Well, in the in the in downtime, then what is it? What's the thing that makes you kind of like get up and just go right? Okay, I'm doing this now. Is it just the ADHD? <laughs> yeah, I like it's just good, get up. I know, I, first thing in the morning, I have got loads of energy, and I just got yeah. a list of things to do. I got I work through my list. Great. I mean, simple things: change the cat litter. You know, change yeah. the cat litter. Play with the cat. Take the trash out. Cool you know do the dishes yeah. every every day there's bits and i've got loads of life admin as well and just yeah. get through the life admin you know fair play yeah. Right. So like I, I think it's right the, the moment like life for like for a while there was like life was so kind of like sedate that I was like I'm literally gonna die with this fucking goddamn dish cloth in my hand and it's not gonna be how I want to go out you know what I mean it's like oh what happened to Winter Wade well, just had a heart attack while he was doing the dishes it's like oh my god no no that's that's not the end that's not my epitaph I don't, I don't want I don't want that to be the, the you know the, the 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 end of my my career and everything you know what I mean my you know that's it that no one wants no, that but you know? at least uh, you know that's not bad. At least it was he wasn't doing the dishes. He died on the couch. It's better, isn't it? It's better to do the dishes than he died. 
He died with his cock in his hand, masturbating to Paul. Although, I'll, no, do you know what? Although, no, fuck it. He died doing what he loved. Fuck that. Like, you know? Fair enough. Oh, we've done it, mate. And Aaron, it's a pleasure talking to you, man. And well, let me know when it's when it's up, and I'll I'll share it and all that. My Thanks, life. mate. So, where can we find you, man? Where? Oh, right. Uh, well, AaronLevine.com. So, double A R O N L E V E N E dot com, or Aaron Levine Comedy on Facebook. That's pretty much it. Okay, man, we've got videos on, on like your website and stuff we can check out. And yeah, uh, yeah, there's a top secret video uh, on nice. there and a couple of other videos as well. And uh, information from two years ago when I was asking. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone's the same now at this stage, you know. That's yeah, it, yeah. man. That's great. Exactly. Well, uh, Aaron, Charles, Abraham, Moses, Levine. <laughs> Pleasure to talk to you for an hour or so, man. Winter, middle name unknown, Fernanda. <laughs> <laughs> Great man, good to catch up man. Alright, take care dude. Have a good one. And that was episode 97 with a very funny Aaron Levine. Go follow him on all the socials. His name there is Aaron Levine. If you ever see him on a bill, you will not be disappointed. He's a very funny man and a really lovely guy as well. He takes that show Duorama around the fringes in Edinburgh, Brighton, all over the place. He does that with Philip Simon. I think Rachel Krieger does it as well. They've both been on this podcast later episodes. If you like this podcast enough and you want to donate, you can. Just go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast and donate as little or as much as you feel this podcast is worth. But if you can't donate, that's okay. Just tell your friend about your favourite episode because it tells people where we are and what we're up to. We also have a Comedy Defect Facebook page. You can like that. We also have a group. You can join that as well. I also have uh, my own social media, which is Winter Dominus. It just tells people what we're, I'm up to, actually, what I've been doing recently. I've been quite busy, been enjoying it. You can follow my journey and what I'm doing with comedy and acting and voiceovers as well. But it's really, a lot of stuff is happening at the moment, really enjoying it. But that's it for episode 97. Next month, we've got an excellent comedian. He's been so busy. It's great to see someone put in so much graft. His name is Lee Hudson. He's gigged all over the world. And it's just, I love watching his Instagram just grow. He's going to blow up soon, I guarantee you man i can't wait but we've got interview with him at the end of may so until then have a great bank holiday may weekend and enjoy the spring weather